on Twitter, you'll see the same thing so many times. It's just in different ways or whatever. But if you tweeted something and someone else tweeted something, then, you know, even if it's the exact same tweet, then someone's going to get way more likes than the other person just because of who they are. I think, you know, maybe it's just my personality sort of thing. People like in a tweet, not because they actually like the tweet, but just because I'm tweeting it. Welcome to another episode of Hyperior Presents. In this episode, I talk to Aaron Williams, aka I am Aaron Will. Aaron is a bloke from Wales who got drunk every single day while being in university. When COVID hit, he could no longer go out and party. That was the moment that he saw he needed to change his life. Fast forward about 18 months and this guy now has over 60,000 followers with insane engagement on Twitter. In this episode, you'll learn exactly how he did it. My name is Yannick, co-founder of Hyperi, and I hope you enjoy the show. Aaron, glad you could join us. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you do? So, I started Twitter April last year, 2020. Before that, I was in, well, I'm still in university doing computer science, nothing special. I've been, basically, I've been doing like computer studies, like basically all my life up until last year. And then the pandemic hit. And then I just joined Twitter. And I was like, you know, I need to make some money because I was just dirt broke. I need to make some money. <laughs> so I started with ebooks and then I saw a web design course. So I bought that and then I kind of just went from there. So I was just fed up with the whole university thing. I never wanted a, like a normal job, like a nine to five. It just, you know, getting orders from someone else, just, no, nah, it's not something I want to do. So yeah, I, uh, I bought a web design course and now I do I have a web design agency and I run that full time. Cool. And so your Twitter account is from 2015. But you basically, you know, you let it rest and, and just recently you started tweeting? Yeah, it was my old YouTube gaming account, Twitter. So I'd literally, I'd upload videos to YouTube and then I'd use the Twitter account to just to like post it. Nobody ever like engaged with any of my stuff anyway. <laughs> I had like <laughs> 150 followers or something like that. But yeah, it was my old, so when I first created, it was just like a personal account for like friends and family and stuff. And then... I think a year after I made it into the YouTube gaming one. And then it kind of just sat and collected dust for a few years and I really touched it or anything. And then one day I saw someone who I was following retweeted, I think it was Hustle and Conquer about ebooks online and how you can make money with ebooks. And I was like, oh, I, I, that's cool. So I followed him and I saved the, like, bookmarked the tweet. And then obviously a bunch of other people, like, recommended followers came up. So I followed them. And I, it's kind of just collected dust for a few, like, a while. And then in 2020, April, I was like, yeah, I need some money. And I remember the ebook thing. So I just unfollowed everyone and then went through like all the money tweets and all the ebook tweets. And then I, I kind of started from there. That's cool. And I think one of the most memorable things you tweeted was, you know, about how your life was going and, and how it's doing now. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah. So I've always been introverted, like, I know it seems surprising, but I've always been really introverted. Up until 2018, I went on a cruise with my parents and I met some people on there. They say, oh, you know, do you want to get some drinks with us? So I was like, yeah, whatever. And bear in mind, I barely ever drank before that. I had like a beer or two before, but I never, I wasn't social at all. So <laughs> I ended up getting like tequila shots, whiskey, everything, mixing drinks and everything. And I remember I went to the bathroom and I was just like, you know, I feel amazing. And it kind of just all spouted from there. But uh, yeah, for like the next two weeks, then I just got 
drunk every single day. And I loved it. And then when I came back off that cruise, I was just about to go into university. And like the party and life of university then kind of just mixed with the whole, the cruise drinking. And I just, oh, I went downhill like really fast. But then for the next two years then in university, <laughs> I'd party every single day. I'd barely sleep. I'd go out, get drunk, go out with friends, like sleep maybe three hours and then do it all over again. And yeah, it kind of just left me with, my bank account was drained. My health was drained. I just felt awful, but I was like, kind of addicted to it. I loved that sort of lifestyle. And then obviously lockdown it in 2020 in the UK. So obviously I couldn't go out or anything. I was dirt broke. I had like negative $1,900 in my bank account. I was like, right, I need to make some money. And then that's when I joined Twitter and started looking at eBooks and stuff. Wow. So COVID actually improved your health. Yeah, like I say to everyone, like if it wasn't for lockdown and COVID, then I wouldn't be on Twitter. I'd probably, well, who knows where I'd be. <laughs> Still in the ditch. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Cool. So COVID happened, lockdown happened, and then you decide, hey, well, I can't party right now. I have no money in my bank account. It's time to make some money. And then you know, how many followers had you did you have back then? So when I started in April, I'd, I think it was like 170. 150, 170, something like that. And I DM'd someone. I can't remember who I DM'd. But as in 150. 100, yeah. <laughs> really low. It wasn't even like fans from like my YouTube thing. It was mostly like friends and family. But I DM'd someone, you know, and I just said, I want to do what you're doing. I want to make some money and I want to grow my following and then just see where it goes. Um, so he said, yeah, you can do this and this, like comment on some people's stuff, post some tweets, get some followers, and then you can look at making money. So I did that. I changed my entire like account to a picture of me and the banner the bio everything i changed the name and then i unfollowed everyone who i was following and i started just following like the whole the money accounts like money twitter accounts whatever yeah and it went from there i started like growing i started commenting on some people's stuff and then my followers started going i think the first month i gained like 20 followers <laughs> it was a really struggle it kind of just spiraled from there and i started getting followers and i started like i think i affiliated for I bought somebody's growth course and I fill it for them and I made like $50 or something like that. But obviously the Gumroad just takes so long to like verify you. So I didn't get paid. So I was like, I need money like now. And then I came across Dan Coe's web design course. And then I spent my last, I think it was my last $22 on it. <laughs> literally. Uh, literally, I had no money then. You know, if I spent any money, I'd be, <laughs> bank would be coming after me. But I spent it on that. I went through like religiously, like every single day. And then I think it was like two, three weeks later, I tweeted some stuff about like web design and landing page and stuff. And then two, three weeks later, someone DM'd me and they were like, you know, I need a landing page. So you tweet about web design a lot. I need one. Can you make me one? And I was like, yes. Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the first landing page I closed was like $200. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And it just kind of went from there. That's cool. Well, I guess a lot of people buy courses. They might read 10%. Some might actually read everything. And a tiny percentage actually brings stuff into practice. And you were the last, you did the la that last part as well. Why? Because you, know, you could have just gone back to beers and partying and whatever. <laughs> I think when I joined Twitter, I was reading the tweets and the whole, it was a completely different like, mindset from mine. Like, I just loved going out drinking. Any money I'd get, I'd spend it on booze or partying or whatever, come home and then do it the next day. 
But then it was kind of, I saw tweets about like nine to fives and people doing things that they don't want to do and how kind of like there's so many people with unfulfilled potential just going around and wasting their time or whatever. So I kind of started reading on that and I kind—I think my mind kind of changed and I kind of entered like the hustle mode sort of thing because I, I never really wanted that nine to five job. Like I literally, when I got into university, I in high school, I Googled the highest paying computer science jobs and it was like a security job or something. So I literally just took computer science in university just for that reason. Yeah, I never really wanted that job. I just did, kind of did it for the money. Did you do it for the money or did you do it for your parents? It's funny because <laughs> Stephen, who does customer support for uh, customer success for iFury, just tweeted a meme. Back to school, back to school to prove that I'm not a fool. <laughs> it's just really yeah, cool. honestly, I went to university and like, you know, I kind of, I didn't really know any other path. Like it was just kind of the earth school work sort of thing. Like I liked business. Like I remember I watched The Pursuit of Happiness. And then I read about like Chris Gardner's story and he went from that job to making his own business or whatever. And, you know, that inspired me a lot, but I never really like pursued anything. But yeah, my parents were kind of like, oh, you know, you go to university, you know, you get a good job. And then, yeah, the typical sort of thing. Well, I can't really blame them because they didn't know any better. But yeah, it was like mainly to impress. I thought, you know, I got a degree sort of thing. Well, my dad actually said, literally said, when I quit my job, he said, you're out of your mind. You know, when I went freelance, you know, I thought I'm going to just start my own business and uh, screw this nine to five stuff. And he literally said, you're out of your mind. It's just really like, yeah, it's, it's a it's a cultural thing and a, as in timing wise, you know, I think our parents of the generation before us, they, they were just used to working at the same place for 30 years and then retiring and just, that's just not how youth is going about it these days. I remember I, I was in university, I think it was last year sometime, I made my first like 10K online. And I was like, you know, I'm doing, I can do this, you know, full time. I don't have to get a job anymore. I, I mentioned to my parents and like some close friends, like, oh, I might drop out of university because there's no point. I don't, want a, I don't want the degree. I don't like my course and there's literally no point. And I got ridiculed for it. I was, and they were like, oh, what are you doing? You're gonna throw your life away, like I'm not. But yeah, I got pure ridicule for just mentioning dropping out because it's like the course. Yeah, and so you started with 150 followers. You got 20 followers in your first month, and I guess a lot of people know you from your, you know, your cheeky comments or your, you know, interesting comments. How did you? Yeah, did you grow into that, or is that just Aaron? Or yeah, it's it's kind of just like my. British sort of sense of humour like I've got really dry humour and I'm really sarcastic so yeah I just you know it's not that's the best thing about like my replies is I don't really have to force it I can literally just make it up and then tweet it you know it'll just do its thing but yeah it's I've kind of always been really sarcastic and dry humoured sort of thing so I've had people say like oh why are you forcing your persona sort of thing but you know it's just the way I'm the way I've always been sort of thing I think the drink influenced it a lot you know when you're drunk and you just don't care yeah, but I think the the sort of that persona has kind of carried over into my sober life. Yeah, but yeah, it's just my personality. Cool. And so, twenty followers the first month. What did you do that you know where you saw the most traction? What got you the most followers? I tweeted a thread, and it was about like marketing or something. And I kind of, and I remember Wizard Ecom retweeted it, 
and then a bunch of other people retweeting it. It kind of just popped off from there. Like I started gaining, like I was in the typical like engagement groups. Yeah, you know, I was DMing people like, you know, whatever, can you do this wherever we all engage with this tweet and this tweet or whatever. So I was kind of, you know, it, it was going steady and I was engaging like every day. I'd make sure I'd show up and comment on a bunch of people's stuff and I'd make sure I tweeted or whatever. It was going steady. And then that thread that Wiz retweeted, I gained like three, 400 in that day. And I was just like, what the hell? But yeah, and it was kind of like shout out lists and stuff. So I remember this big account put together like this massive list of other big accounts like oh you know you should follow this and they put me on there and I was like why <laughs> but obviously they all retweeted and stuff and it, it kind of just like popped off from there so it wasn't like you know one day it just like popped off and then exploded it was kind of just like a combination of all these like little things like the retweeted threads the shout out list and like the odd tweet popping off or sort of thing but yeah I think as I grew bigger and bigger it became much more easy to like gain followers, like two, three hundred follower days. But yeah, I think, you know, I just, you just got to stick with it. And then one day, you, like, you know, you maybe have tweets that won't pop off and they get like one or two likes. And then all of a sudden, it'll blow up and you'll just get like a thousand likes or whatever, and a bunch of new followers. And I guess sliding into DMs was one of the, you know, main points that I guess got your name out there and got you on those lists, got you retweeted, probably. What do you think? Yeah, I DM'd like a lot of people, like I wanted help. I just kind of, it was like 50% like I want help with this and 50% I kind of want to make myself known. I remember I DM'd like a bunch of big accounts. Like I remember Chris Johnson, I DM'd him and we had like the smallest conversation ever, but then he followed me. And then I remember he actually retweeted one of my tweets and that blew up. I remember Hustle and Conquer, Dan, you know, just like the who, like the OG sort of thing of money tweets. I just quite, I kind of want to make myself known to them. I remember I first DM down, I was like, I want, you know, yeah, course is sick. Can I affiliate for it? And then we kind of started talking about that. And now me and Dan talk like a lot, you know, basically like friends or something. <laughs> but, you know, basically like every, you know, now and then. But um, yeah, I think the DMs was a good way to get out there and make myself known. Because then, you know, when I comment on different things, I'd be like, oh, look, that's our that's Aaron guy again. Um, I'll follow him or I'll retweet him or sort of thing. So yeah, I definitely think, you know, I think it'd be quite impossible to grow if you're just constantly tweeting and not talking to anyone sort of thing. But yeah, DMs was like a fundamental part of my growth. Cool. And so you bought Dan's course. How did you become like a designer from somebody who could, would probably not even use, I don't know, paint to somebody who could design landing pages and stuff like that? How do you do that? So, like, from a young age, I always liked, like, aesthetics and stuff, like, you know, simple aesthetics and sort of art, I guess. I was really interested in, it's going to sound weird, but I was really interested in, like, typography. Like, I love different fonts and stuff, and I'd always be like, oh, you know, that's a nice font. And then, you know, in school, yeah, we learned how to use, like, paint and stuff. I kind of just, like, I've got OCD as well, so I, it needed to be, like, perfect, like, pixel for pixel perfect whenever I, like, did things. And then, when was it? it was, I think it was 23. 2013, 2014, somewhere around there, I bought my first laptop and then I found uh, Photoshop and I found like GIMP and things like that and I started messing around and then that's, I started like uploading videos to YouTube, like tutorials for graphics and stuff, you know, simple things or whatever, but I kind of just spiraled from there so I'd literally spend all my days, I'd never go out with like friends or play football or anything. My days are literally consist of like playing Xbox and just using Photoshop and messing around. Sitting in your room. Yeah. But yeah, it kind of went from that. And then I did 
like I designed my own YouTube banner and I was like, yeah, you know, that was quite easy. I could do that. And so I went on Fiverr and I started selling gigs for like logos and graphics, you know, the typical startup sort of thing. And yeah, it kind of just spiraled from there. And I started, obviously I had to edit my own YouTube videos. But I really enjoyed like the process of it, like putting in graphics and like typing whatever. And I think the graphics design sort of side of things carried over into like the web design sort of things. Like I liked, you know, I knew it to design well and like professionally like aesthetically pleasing stuff yeah. and i think that's why the web design sort of took me because it was like basically you know it's, it's graphics design but for websites sort of thing so yeah it always it was a, a big graphic design had a big influence on the web design uh, career how much money did you make on fiverr like 15 dollars <laughs> 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 it was this crappy logo I made a bunch of like small, tiny logos and used that as my portfolio. And I just slapped a picture. I put them on like a grid and slapped it on five. I said, I'll make you a logo, whatever. And this guy bought, it was like a month after. And I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And he paid like $15, $20. And that was literally it. I never went on Fiverr again. <laughs> funny, funny, funny. Yeah, probably for people, you know, who are just getting started or are, I don't know, in a, a country where wages are very low, it's probably you know a pretty nice way to, to make your li living. But I think if you live in Europe or in the States, then if you do like basic web design, it's just a big red sea. Yeah, it's, it's Fiverr's hard. Like, I tried Fiverr, Upwork, I think the other one was, I can't remember another one, but I, they're so hard. Like I saw like a bunch of people on like YouTube saying, oh yeah, you can make like $1,000 a week with Fiverr, $1,000 a day with Fiverr. It's like, you know, whatever, I might as well try it. And it's hard, like, unless you put yourself out there all the time, like, constant on five, it's hard to get your first client. Yeah. Plus, you're, you're competing against people who are probably already have 100 reviews and uh, an entire list of... Like, their portfolios compared to mine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. And can you actually advertise on um, Fiverr as a creator? I think you can pay. I know they have, like, top creators of the week or whatever, and if you're lucky, you get, like, featured on that. I think you may be able to pay like a subscription sort of thing and then you advertise or if you want to like advertise yourself, you pay like to advertise that gig. But I never really took it that serious. Like I just used it. Like if I failed it, it wouldn't really make a difference to me. It was just like a sort of side hustle to make some money. I, I want to dig a little bit more in your Twitter uh, thing because after a little bit over a year, you have like, how was it? 60,000 followers, 50,000 followers? Yeah, 60, I think 61. So that's quite the growth. Yeah, 61,000. That's quite the growth. And so a couple of things stand out when I, when I look at your account. You have insane engagement. So one, that has to do with, you know, the quality of your tweets. But I think there's also another side is that, you know, I see a lot of recurring names on your timeline, which you're retweeting. Would you like to tell us a little bit about how that works? Yeah, so basically, in, I think it's February my account just like stopped. It went to a standstill. I was stuck at like 27K and I did everything. I rebranded or whatever. And I changed up my tweets. I deleted all my tweets and then I started posting new ones or whatever. And literally nothing worked. I have no idea why that happened, but yeah, it, it, nothing like worked or whatever. I, I couldn't, literally couldn't get off 27K. Like I was going from two, 300 followers a day to literally like 10. I was like, you know what? So I DM'd some people and I said, how are you growing at that speed? Like they were growing like faster than me. I said, oh yeah, we like we just retweet each other. I was like, oh, 
you know, it's that simple. So I said, oh, would you be interested in doing it with me? And they said, yeah, whatever. So we started doing it and then I kind of stopped and then I started again sort of thing. And yeah, it picked back up. But that was like a good method, I guess, to grow. So like one for one, whatever. So yeah, I started doing that. Now I still do it to this day or whatever. I, I did stop a little bit and then I carried on. But yeah, it's just like, it's not even like a group or anything. You just like retweet, like go on the timeline, retweet whatever, and they retweet mine sort of thing. But yeah, engagement-wise, I have absolutely no idea how I get that engagement rate. Like, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how are you getting a thousand likes on like every tweet? And I, I generally don't know. I don't do anything special. I just like tweet. And then, you know, I guess I was on that spaces last night. And I was kind of saying that, you know, on Twitter, you'll see the same thing so many times it's just in different ways or whatever but you know if if you tweeted something and someone else tweeted something then you know even if it's the exact same tweet then someone's going to get way more likes than the other person just because of who they are but i think you know maybe it's just my personality sort of thing people liking the tweet not because they actually like the tweet but just because i'm tweeting it or maybe you know the tweets do resonate i try to make them like polarizing and relatable as much as i can yeah. like i tweeted I think it was yesterday, like a blueprint to be like superhuman or whatever. And it was like, you know, no alcohol, no sugar, heavy lifting. And then I put nine hours sleep and so many people were, you know, ridiculing me for the nine hours because, you know, nobody sleeps nine hours. But I did it just because I know people would just go and attack the nine hours thing opposed to like seven or eight. So yeah, I tried to be polarizing in most of my tweets. You know, you just need that one you know, angry person to quote or retweet you and then all their friends will just jump on it and then it'll just explode. But um, yeah, I just try to be as relatable and polarizing as I can and it just works. How much time do you spend per day to craft your tweets? Not even that much. Like sometimes I'll just have like thoughts pop into my head. I'll be like, you know, then, you know, when I'm working or something, I'll just have a thought and be like, oh, that's sick. And then sometimes I'll be scrolling the timeline and some old tweets up then and I'll just kind of like form my own opinion on it, throw it in Hyperion and then that's it. And then other times I'll struggle for tweets. So I just, I won't tweet anything, but I deleted literally all my tweets in February, downloaded my archive, deleted all my tweets. So I go back into my archive every now and then, find like the top tweets and then just throw them back out. And I've been doing that for like three, four, five months, something like that. I think I, I tweeted like 60,000 tweets in the archive, whatever. So I'm now gonna run out for a while. But uh, yeah, sometimes they're off the top, sometimes they're from the archive. And sometimes they're just random thoughts, you know. Interesting. And so I know you you also have a newsletter. Can you care to, to like share some numbers on how many signups you get per day? I don't even put much effort into it. I've literally, you know, threw the uh, threw the autoresponders together, threw the list together, and then just threw, you know, made the landing page, just threw the link there. I don't even promote it. I'd say around 50 to 100 a day or something like that on a good day. But yeah, I never thought it's literally sat in my bio doing nothing. But yeah, it collects me in the old responders. So yeah, you know, <laughs> it's not bad. You could probably, well, I don't know, 10x, but maybe 5x that, I think. Yeah, I know, right? I remember your idea. I'm literally in the middle of like rejigging my whole order responders thing because the last time I did it, oh, it was like last year when I had like a thousand followers. And the like the first email we get was like how I grew to five thousand followers and it's just it's so outdated. So I'm in the middle <laughs> of rejigging my whole autoresponders, maybe my offer as well, maybe like a tripwire sort of thing. And then I'm gonna promote it way, way more. Because I think I can get you know, I can do 
good numbers if I promote it much more sort of thing. Right, so, and when people subscribe to your newsletter, what, what do they get? It's basically like a sort of seven-day course on how I grew, how I engaged, how I made money sort of thing. Like, even though it's outdated, it's still, you know, I still use the methods and the info is still like up to date and you can still do it or whatever and follow it. But um, yeah, it's basically like the first email is like a welcome, second one's like how I made money or how I grew or something. And then how you can engage and up your engagement rates, how you can like make money if you're making an ebook or whatever. And then the last two are like offers to, I think it's my course and I think it might be Dan's course. I don't know. But yeah, I'm going to re revamp that entire thing and make it much more, you know, to date and much more like information packed just because I don't want to, you know, everything on my profile is like up to date, like landing pages, whatever links. And I, I want my, my autoresponders, my email list to be on brand sort of thing. Oh, it's, it's always leaking at the plumber's home, right? That's a little bit of a saying, I guess. I don't know how you how you translate that to English, but here it's like it's always leaking at the the plumber's house where he lives. Yeah, that's interesting. And so uh, it's like it's like a free course on how to grow, and then you end with some affiliate deals to Dan and to your own course. Yeah, it's nothing special, you know. It does the job, but I definitely need to redo it because I think it's really out of date. And there's like the old screenshots of when I had like. Yeah, I think one of the the make money tweets is like, oh, how I made like two hundred dollars this week or whatever, and it's so updated. But um, yeah, I'm in the process of making it better. And why did you decide to create a newsletter? I think it was I saw I saw um, I think it was Hustle and Conquer one of those emails or whatever. You know, like all he talks about ebooks and emails and stuff and making money. So I was like, you know, I'll make one, set it up. It's kind of just another way to collect income sort of thing on, you know, passively. I barely ever, like, I need to really, like, focus on my email list because I barely ever send, like, newsletters or anything. But <laughs> I'm so busy with, like, client work and Twitter and stuff, like, I can't put that much effort into it. But, uh, yeah, I made it just for, like, you know, if Twitter ever goes, you know, south and I've got the email list and it's just another way to communicate with, like, my followers and stuff and other passive income stuff. So, yeah, it's nothing, you know, I don't put much focus into it as I should, but... Yeah, it kind of just sits there. It does okay. One of your first gigs via Twitter was a $200 landing page. What are you doing now? <laughs> so I started with websites. I started with landing pages, really cheap. Like websites, I was charging like 250 for a website. And I was, you know, people were like, what are you doing? So um, I moved then from landing pages to websites. And then the websites were taking like such a long time to you know, turn around and because I was charging so little, I was like, you know, I can do better. So I've moved, ooh, like two, three months ago from web design into funnel design. I'm doing funnels slash like landing pages sort of things now. I still do websites. You know, if someone says, you know, I need a website, I still do it, but I don't really offer it that much. But yeah, I'm focusing primarily on now funnels and landing pages, more like the design sort of thing opposed to like copy and the actual like, you know, upsell, downsell sort of thing. Cool. And you get all your leads from, from Twitter? Yeah, I'd say 80%, 20% cold email. Like I used to like struggle for clients. And then I bought cold email mastery and I started doing that. I got a few clients from that. And then I started posting some designs on Twitter. And then people see the designs being like, you know, that was cool. Can you make me one? So, and yeah, that's kind of, and then I give clients 
commission if they refer me to anyone else. So it, yeah, it's kind of like it took a while, but it's kind of on autopilot. I, I barely ever have to like reach out. I'd say like out of the hundred percent of people or clients I get on Twitter, I'd say sixty percent come to me. And then if I have to, I'll just be like, you know, I make funnels. Do you want one? <laughs> Funny. And so they pay a one-time fee or they pay a recurring fee. How does your business model work? So it's one time for the actual funnel. And then it depends, like, you know, if you do it like 100,000 a month or something, like, you know, big numbers a month, then I'll take about 30% of whatever sales you make through the funnel. And if it's like a smaller business, like a coaching one, they only get like, what, like five clients a month, I'll take like 10, 20%. So yeah, it's a one time around 5K one time, and then 20, 30 or 10 to 30% of whatever they make every month through the funnel. And yeah, that's the entire model. Cool, cool. And then do you set up ads for them or how, how does it work? I'm in the middle of like looking at that. I barely like looked. I've done like one Facebook ad before just for like, and it was like a web design thing. You know, I got a few responses, but nothing too special. I want to eventually run ads. I come in a few groups on like Facebook or whatever for Facebook ads mixed with funnels. So I want to get into it eventually. I was talking to someone the other day asking if I could build a whole funnel completely free and just run Facebook ads just to test and like experiment with it. So I'm going to be doing that soon. But yeah, right now it's just a funnel design. I want to, I do eventually want to get into Facebook ads so I can make a good amount of money from it. Cool. And so can you give an example of how you would build a funnel, maybe from a, a client in the past? How would you create that? So I'm literally in the middle of making one now. Like I've literally got the sketch and everything. But if someone says to me, like, I got a client yesterday and they said, you know, I need one. I saw, they had posted that picture of Ty's landing page. And they said, you know, I like ties. Can you make me one? I said, yes. And what do you need? So I kind of ask, obviously, what their whole business is about. So like example, like lead gen. So I kind of, you know, like the final call to action will be like maybe Calendly link or something or like a sign up thing. And then I kind of Google like landing page designs, you know, just to sort of get like a feel for the aesthetic, and like the layout or whatever. And then I'll make a sketch. And then I use Sketch like the app sketch to kind of do a mock-up of the design. So like how it would look as a final sort of thing. And then once I like it, I'll send it over to clients, see if they like it. If they like it, I'll build it all out. I'll build the final thing. It depends if if it's like a really simple sort of thing, I'll use card. But if it's like a more complex, I'll use ClickFunnels, finalize the design, send it over. If they like it, do the copy, and then it's all theirs. It's up to them what they do with it. But yeah, so it's kind of like it goes from, you know, them tell me what they need sketching it on pen and paper um, and then the sketch app to make like a small mock-up send it over if they like it build the entire thing send that back over if they like that and then just throw the copy in and then that's it hmm. and what are like the, the key features on your landing pages that you know that work well convert well i like the most simple aesthetic sort of things i don't like to throw a ton of stuff in there like the thai landing page i did it had like i think maximum 100 words in it like I did one for JK for the Molina letter, which is like this subscription one. Um, and he said it doubled conversion. So I specialize, I kind of advertise the offer as I'll double your conversion rate. But yeah, the features basically, I kind of, I make it stand out. So I make, you know, all the points clear and all the offer clear whilst using like as little copy as possible sort of thing. But yeah, I focus more on like the design sort of aspect 
And when you look at the the Molina letter, the before and after, what was what was difference of your vision? What was well, JK didn't even have a funnel or like a landing page for the Molina letter. So I built, you know, I did it completely free from because I wanted the testimonial, and I built it out, sent it over to him. He's like sick, and then he said a few days later, like you know, we've already sold double what we normally sell. And I'm like, you know, sick. That's you know, perfect testimonial. But yeah, I think I kind of the office sort of. Our W conversion rates with aesthetically pleasing sort of funnel instead of a more, you know, oh, I'll convince them to buy this now straight away. Yeah, so I kind of offer it differently to what other funnel designers I've seen. But yeah, it works. Cool. And so, what are your plans for like the coming year? <laughs> I still wanna, I wanna focus now, you know, obviously on Twitter and on the funnels. I'm gonna do that for a while. And then the end sort of goal is to, take myself out of it while it's still running and then I can just go and chill, travel, do whatever um, whilst that's running in the background. But as of now and maybe the next like three to five years, I still want to focus on building clientele, charging like way more. Like I think I want to get us to like 20K per funnel sort of thing. Yep. Um, for more, for big, way bigger like companies or individuals. But yeah, I'm just, I don't have any plans to like stop or chill anytime soon i'm not gonna like i don't want to splash out like fancy cars or anything yet i want to make sure that everything is working take myself out and then go and enjoy what kind of revenue streams are you looking at what what would you like to see being set up before you can say (laughs) bye-bye so i definitely want 100k monthly recurring and then after that anything less than that I, i can't take myself out unless you know there's anything left I do have something in the works for like Twitter, like as we speak, this game worked on in like the background or whatever. So that's going to be like one, maybe a few more info products or something like that. Of course, I definitely want like coaching or consultations for funnels or landing pages, whatever, like web design. Um, and then the, the business itself. I also want to get into property, like rentals or whatever. So more passive than having to show up every day. But um, yeah, I want to kind of just take the money from the business now, throw it in crypto or stocks, property, and then just let it, you know, all come back to me soon. So yeah, that's kind of the goal. I don't want to be like, you know, 10 years from now and have until like still wake up and be like, yeah, I've got to find this client and this client and then I've got to do this sort of thing. So yeah. Cool. Interesting. And so for people who don't have like the same reply skills as you do, what would you advise them so they, you know, get on people's radars? You just got to, you know, it's going to sound really cliche, but you just got to be yourself. Like, I know there's so many people on my tweets who reply, you know, without the intent of making other people known to them, but with more the intent of, oh, I'm going to just reword this tweet for the sake of it just so I can get followers. But, you know, if you look at it that way, if you're just trying to get followers instead of trying to get people to know you, then, you know, yeah, you'll get followers, but at what cost sort of thing? You're just tweeting garbage and then people, yeah, click like, but actually... You know, if they said your name, they're just going to be like, who? But yeah, you just got, I would say reply with the intent of, you know, being, you know, reply as if they're your friends sort of thing, as you would a text or so, you know, don't reply, you know, like a robotic, you know, platitude sling or whatever, just like rephrase and replies and stuff because nobody likes that. But um, yeah, if you just reply literally as you text your friends or your family with your personality sort of thing, you'll do fine. I see so many robot replies in my comments. And yeah, okay, I'll reply somewhere. But then I've noticed like a pattern 
people will put their own sort of spin on things and then I'm more likely to recognize them more than people who just like, you know, drink water. And so if somebody with 150 followers would set his mind to growing his account, what would you advise him? I'd say a few things. Right? So you got to show up every single day. Like it's going to be a pain. You're going to, I've had days where I've had zero followers, zero likes on any of my tweets. And then I've gone to bed and I've been like, you know, what's the point of this? But yeah, you got to show up no matter like how poorly everything's performing. You just got to show up, put the work in. And then one day, you know, you'll just have that banger tweet or that banger like DM or whatever. And it'll just pop off and it'll start from there. So show up until something pops off. And then I would say don't quit until something happens. Like your tweet goes viral or someone, you know, a much followed account uh, DMs you or retweets you sort of thing. Make every effort to make yourself known. So reply to comments. You know, don't I wouldn't like advise like spamming everyone. So I see so many like I go through my uh, notifications once a day or whatever. And I see like the same person replying to every single tweet I've written for the day in the most like robotic way. And I, I just like them and move on. I'm never gonna like remember them. So make every effort to make yourself known, but do it in a much like natural way, like replying because you actually want to reply instead of replying for the sake of it. And also make every effort you can to DM people, like especially if they're like in your niche or you want to get to know them or they seem like a cool guy, just, you know, send them a quick DM, like, you know, what's up? I'm doing this. I just started. I love your work. Would love to like get on a call or something. Podcast another great way. You know, I'd love to come on your podcast. That's a great way to like tell your story and let people, you know, see who you are. And yeah, I'd say... Just consistency, do it every single day. Show up for the work in DM, comment, tweet, go to bed and do it again. There you go. Final question, Aaron. What do people need to do or what, what do they need to tweet for you to retweet them? What do you enjoy? I like things that resonate with me. It's got to be, I'd retweet some sort of things. It's got to be like sort of, you know, like, oh, that is a sick, oh, that's a sick tweet. I'm retweeting that instantly. If it kind of like resonates with me, then I'll retweet it. But like I think I get, you know, I get a lot of retweets, but I post relatable things. Like, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, dislike school or whatever, or I, I'll i dislike a job and I'll say, you know, some sort of polarizing thing, but in a way not to trigger people, but in a way to be like, oh, you know, I totally agree with that, so I'm retweeting or whatever. But, you know, to get me to retweet, you know, it's got it's to resonate. It's got to be the truth sort of thing. I don't like, you know, I like people saying the truth no matter how you know hard it is to say but yeah if you like spit the truth and it's a relatable flash like resonating tweet i'll retweet it no problem cool aaron where can people find you so i'm on twitter i'm on instagram but i barely like ever use it twitter at i am aaron will and then instagram's the same handle cool man thank you very much this was a lot of fun yeah no problem bro that's a wrap on this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss our next show. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave an iTunes review and give us a shout out on Twitter, sharing your favorite part of this episode. See you again next week.